This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Chuck Ford and Relate Church in Byron, Mississippi. For more information, please visit RelateChurch.com. Welcome to Relate Church, everybody. You made it. Hallelujah. <laughs> you, you could be anywhere, but you chose to come here this morning. Amen. So welcome to Relate Church. My name is Dustin Martin, as they announced, and uh, it's just an honor and a privilege to be here with you guys. Uh, my wife sends her greetings. Uh, she was here last time we ministered, and we had our, our little, I think he was... I forget how old he was, nine months, something like that, with us. And um, Ezra Mack, he'll be two in this coming August, and uh, he's just a champion. Um, he's a big dude. Uh, my, my wife's side of the family, they're all big guys, like, like Pastor Chuck and Pastor Paul here. Like, I was standing between them today, and I was like, my two pillars. It was like, I felt like Samson for a moment there. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, he's a big guy. All, that, all my uh, wife's side of the family are big guys, 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, I think her great-granddad uh, was like almost seven foot tall. And uh, so, uh, you know, obviously he takes after me, which is really cool. And, uh, but no, he's, he's a good guy. We're excited with him. And then uh, we just had um, our little baby girl. She's a month old, Brooklyn Joy. And so, yeah, we're, uh, we're really pumped about her. Um, we wanted boys, all boys. I don't know, just something we wanted. And so when God gave us that little girl, yeah, our son is a, is a mama's boy. Like, you know, daddy walks in, he's like, yeah, you're cool, but mama, you know. And so I'm hoping the princess is like, daddy, you know. So that, that'll be really cool because we, we've been married 12 years, my wife and I. have been married 12 years um, in May. And um, uh, we weren't going to have kids. We were going to just kind of leave that to everybody else and enjoy life, live the dream, you know. And uh, so now all we do is dream. <laughs> dream of <laughs> dreaming of being alone, dreaming of getting some sleep. No, but uh, it's, it's been a good, good season. And so they greet you. They're glad uh, that uh, I could get out, but they missed me. I was talking to her in between services and so said everybody's doing good. But I'm just honored and just a privilege to be here with you guys this morning. I've got a great word I want to pray, and then we're going to get right into what God has for us. Amen. Bow your heads with me. Father, we thank you so much for your word today. God, I thank you that it is your word uh, that is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. Father God, that we take your word, we hide it deep into our hearts that we might not sin against you. So Father, I thank you that we have eyes that According to Psalms 119, uh, verse 18, it says, Open our eyes to the wondrous things of your word. And so, Lord, thank you that we have eyes that see, ears that hear, and hearts to understand everything that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, turn, if you will, to Second uh, Chronicles chapter 20. Second Chronicles chapter 20. And I'm going to be preaching this morning on this topic right here, uh, what to do with a word from God. What to do with a word from God. And we'll get into some things here. If I start talking about it, I'll start preaching. So turn, if you will, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. You, you'll know the, the story. Uh, this is King Jehoshaphat, and there's three armies that have come against them to attack them. And, and uh, I'm just going to read through some of these verses. In, in verse 3, it says, And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. That's the first thing you need to do when all pressure gets on the devil, all opposition. Uh, you know, God told it to me this way one time. He said, Dustin, when life goes down, hands go up. When life goes down, hand goes up. When it seems like all is failing, nothing's working out, put your face, put your eyes on Jesus. Amen. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. And so King Jehoshaphat, it says, he set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judea. Jump down to verse 12 with me. 
And it says this, O our God, will you not judge them? Talking about these three armies. For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Now all Judah with their little ones, their wives, their children, stood before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jezreel, the son of Zechariah. Jump down to verse 15. We're not going to, hooked on phonics didn't work for me. Here we go, 15. (laughs) Not going to try to pronounce those names. And he said, listen, all you of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you. This is a word from God in their moment that is specifically uh, uh, given for where they're at in their life. I believe part of, not all, but part of our ministry uh, uh, that we do is, you know, Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 25 says, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word will make it glad. I believe that our mission, part of what my wife and I do is we travel making hearts glad with a good word. Because there's a lot of times in our life, all you need is a good word. If you ever read the book, The Five Love Languages, mine is words of affirmation. It kind of comes across like a little shallow, like just pat me on the back all the time and I'll be okay. <laughs> but all it takes a little bit is someone to come up saying, you're doing a good job. And a lot of times in life when there's opposition and there's something that is, uh, the devil's doing his job, right? John 10, 10 tells us the thief comes but to, his purpose is to come against you, still kill and destroy. But I love what the Bible says right after that, it says, but... Jesus said, but my purpose, and the NLT said, to give you a rich and satisfying life. The Amplified Bible says that you may have a life in abundance to the full until it overflows. So the word of God is given to you, and all you need sometimes is just a word in season. How many of y'all could just use a, I just need a word in season. You know, one of the part of uh, what God called us to do too is that find out of Isaiah chapter 50, verses 4 and 5 that says, The Lord God uh, has given me the tongue of the learned or the instructed that I would have a word in season to them that are weary. Morning by morning, he awakens me as the, as the learned or the instructed, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Because why? It is understood that in life we need the word of God to sustain us, to, to, uh, to fortify us, to do what he's called us to do. It is the word of God that will bring healing to your body. It is the word of God that will bring peace to your mind. It is the word of God that will bring stability to your business, to your career, to what God has called you. It is the word of God that will reunite a broken marriage or cause a loved one or a son or daughter that is running prodigal back to the reality and the truth of God's word. It is the word of God that is given to bring a position and a stability to your life. And so this is a word from God, and he's speaking to the the children of Israel, and he's saying, listen to me. Do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but the Lord's. That's a word for somebody today. The battle's not yours but the Lord's. God is fighting on your behalf. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every word that is spoken, that it rise up against you will will be found as false. Why? Because your righteousness is of the Lord. Isaiah 54, verses 17 and 18. I believe that is. I could be way off. I'm just throwing that from the hip. Anyways, (laughs) sounded good, though. All right. And we're back. 
Um, <laughs> how long was I out? Do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but the Lord's. Verse 16, tomorrow go down against them. This is, he gives them, a, see this is so cool, when God gives you a word, he'll give you inside information. If you'll take time to listen to him, if you'll take time to receive from God, he'll give you inside information. How'd you know that? God told me. God spoke to me. Tomorrow go down against them, and they will surely come up by the, the, the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jezreel. There we go. Verse 17, <laughs> you will not need to fight in this battle. Now, here's my four points. If you're a note taker, write these down. This is the four points I'm going to give you today, and it's found right here in this verse. It says, you will not need to fight in this battle. Number one, position yourself. Number one, position. What do I do with a word from God? Number one, God is speaking to the children of Israel, to King Jehoshaphat. He's telling them to listen, and then he gives them these four points. He says, hey, guys, I'm giving you my word. Now, here's what you need to do. Take your position. I'm going to ask you this morning, what is your position where your healing is concerned? What is your position with the vision or the dream that God has given you? What is the dream where your finances or your marriage is concerned? What is your position? Because your position will determine the magnitude of your perspective. See, a lot of people, uh, we're never, let me encourage you, never find yourself on this side of the line looking at God, pointing at God. God, why did this happen? Always make sure that you're standing on this side of the line, holding God's hand, looking up and saying, God, I thank you. You never leave me. You never forsake me. You're always with me. You stick closer than a brother. I don't know why this is happening. I don't know why this is taking place. But God, I thank you that if you're with me, all things are possible. I'm pausing for effect. No, I'm just kidding. Watch this. Hang tight. God gave me a verse. I want to read this to you. <clears throat> it's not very effective. Okay, here we go. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. This is a word for you today. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Behold, all those who are incest against you shall be ashamed and disgraced. Those shall be, they shall be as nothing, and those who strive with you shall perish. Verse 12, you shall seek them and not find them. Those who contend with you, those who war against you shall be as nothing, as a non-existing thing. Verse 13, why? For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, fear not, I will help you. Come here for a minute, brother. Let me show you something. So in verse 10, it says this. Let's come up on stage. Everybody wants to see how good looking you are. This guy works out. All right, here we go. It says here, God says, fear not, for I will be with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God saying, my righteous right hand. He jumps, jumps down to verse 13 and says, for I, the Lord your God, will hold you by your right hand. Turn and hold my hand. Your right hand, this is the position that God is speaking to you today. God's not out here somewhere. God's not a distant fog or mystery that you have oh god wherever you are out there in the cosmos i need you god is looking you in your eye today holding you by your righteous right hand saying to you fear not for i will help you 
Thanks, brother. Give him a hand, guys. Thank you. God's looking you in the eye. He's holding your hand. He said, I got you. And I will not allow my grip to be loosened on your life. I have you. I'm looking you eye to eye. I want you to get a picture of that this morning. God is intimately seeking you out, and he's holding you, and he's saying, I got you. And as he speaks to you, the fear that is trying to grip your heart that says it can't happen, won't happen, and it's not coming to pass, right now is dissolving and literally being removed from your life. Why? Because God, the presence of the Almighty, is gripping you, and he's saying, I got you, and I have you in my righteous right hand. So position yourself. Number two, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Position yourself as number one. Number two, stand, uh, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Number three, do not fear or be dismayed. Number, th- number four, tomorrow go out against them for the Lord is with you. Position yourself, remain, stand still and see, fear not, and don't let time try your trust. Do not let time try your trust. We'll get into those here this this morning. Number one, take your position. Luke chapter one. Stay with me. Luke chapter one. This is the story of Mary. And and the the angel of the Lord comes and visits her and says, you're going to have a baby. And I love what verse um, 34 says. This is just, this is a great question. Mary's like, okay, I got what you're saying. Awesome, you know, I'm going to have this baby. She says in verse 34, though, it says, Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? That's a good question. Okay, so (laughs) how can this thing be? I don't know a man. I'm not married. You know, how can this thing be? And so the angel answers her and says, The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you, and therefore also that that holy one who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth... Your relative has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who has called her bearing. Verse 37, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Whatever it is that God's been speaking to you about, whatever the word that you have taken and saying, God, I believe you, you have to realize this, that with God, there is nothing that is impossible. Nothing is impossible. Mark chapter, uh, Mark chapter, it's in my Bible. Mark chapter 10, verse 27 says this. Uh, Jesus talking to his disciples, not getting the whole story there. But they asked this question. They said, God, how can this be? I mean, you know, they're really puzzled about this whole thing with the rich young ruler and what Jesus was saying about it. And Jesus said this. He said, with men it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. My question, when I wrote, when when God spoke that and I wrote it in my Bible in Mark chapter 10 there, I I wrote this. God said, Dustin, who are you with? With men, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So my question to you today is, who are you with? Somebody's going to look at you and say, man, uh, you know, I'm sorry, but that marriage thing's never going to work out. I know two couples. One man is a traveling minister who was uh, divorced, I want to say, for 16 years that God reunited him with his wife. That's a miracle. 
I know another lady who stood in faith for her husband that was remarried, out doing all kinds of crazy stuff, not living for God. Everybody told her, give up, throw in the towel. He's not coming back. You need to get remarried. You need to move on. And God gave her a word. God spoke to her and said, no, you stand and believe me for your husband to come back. For 14 years, she stood and she believed God. And now that man, they're reunited. He's back in the church. He's serving. He's ushering. He's being, he's, he came back. Why? Because she never gave up on the word that God gave her. So with God, there's nothing that's impossible. With men, they'll tell you how it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So the question remains, who are you with? You ever been with somebody, they take you out and they just pay for everything? You're like, oh, I got it. Put, 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 put your money away, I got it. You're like, all right, I'll get dessert. No, I got that too. Go out and get a cup of coffee. You're like, all right, this is mine. I got, no, I got this too. That's God, man. You're on a date with God. God's like, I got you. Say it, don't spread it. Here we go. <laughs> Everybody on the front row gets a black bag, you know. <clears throat> but uh, when you're with God, he's got you. Who are you with? He's got you. All right, let's move on. We got that. Look at verse 38. This is, this is your word. I got this on, on a big board in my office. I wrote these verses down. Then Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Whatever it is that God has spoken to you, whatever it is that you're standing and believing by faith to receive, either from the word of God or by the spirit of God, your response to it needs to be, Father God, I know with you there's nothing that is impossible, but, uh, and so therefore, God, be it unto me according to your word. Not the opinion of man, not what other people think, not what other people are saying, but Father God, be it unto me according to your word. There's a position that takes place when you make a declaration that says, God, I thank you that as you've spoken, it will be in my life. And you cannot be pushed off of what God has said. You've got, you've taken a position. Jump if you, or you can just write this down. Luke chapter 22. Y'all know the story. Jesus is, is standing there and, and he's in a, oh. Jesus is standing there and John the Baptist is, is getting ready to baptize Jesus. And the Bible says the, the, the heavens opened and the Spirit of God descended like a dove and, and, and filled Jesus, came and rested upon Jesus. And a voice from heaven said this, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Thinking about that, if I or you were there and we heard that, would there be any question of who Jesus was? No, we know who Jesus is. Jesus, I heard it. I was there. The voice from heaven said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. But what happens is you jump over to Luke chapter 4, and immediately the Bible talks about how Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And after uh, he he fasted for 40 days, and afterwards he was hungry. And then the devil comes and attacks him in verse 3, and it says, if you immediately he attacks what God said about him, if you be the son of God, prove it. Prove it. Mark chapter 4 tells us that the sower sows the the word of God. When, when pastor ministers get up and they speak or you're in prayer and God speaks to you a word from God, it is the seed of God that is rooting deep in the soil of your heart. And the devil's job is immediately to come and steal that word out of your heart. Why? Because John chapter 6 and verse 63 says, Jesus said this, the spirit gives life. 
The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Or you could say, because the spirit gives life, the words that I say to you are spirit and therefore they produce life in you. When God's speaking a word to you, it's because he's wanting to give life to your situation. He wants to give life back to your finances, back to your body, that they become strong and healthy to the intent that God, Jesus, uh, uh, purchased for you on the cross. So the devil wants to come immediately to attack that word. And we see that in Luke chapter 4. He comes and says, if you are the son of God, prove it. And I love what Jesus says very calmly. He says, I say very calmly like I was hanging out with him that day in the, in the desert. Uh, it could have been, he could have got a little rowdy with him. He says, it is written, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You and I, y'all know this, are three-part beings, spirit, soul, and body. You are a spirit. The real you lives on the inside. You have a soul, a mind, a will, and emotion, and you live in a tent called a body. But you and I do not exist simply by what we do naturally. We have to, the same way you feed your body, you have to feed your spirit. There has to be an uh, an intake, a digestion of the word of God that then produces life and and fortifies your spirit to produce and to accomplish God's will for your life. So you have to have a steady diet of the word of God. There has to be a constant intake of the word of God. If you're going to fulfill the vision or the plan that God placed on you, you cannot do it simply naturally. Because the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14, the natural man receives not the things of God, neither can he know them, for they are spiritually discerned. The only way that you're going to receive or take or accomplish what God has destined for you is when you allow the word of God to become take root on the inside. It will then produce life in you that will manifest through you and accomplish what God has for your life. We don't live naturally uh, substance only, but we have to have a digestion. We have to have an intake of the word of God that will produce life in you. Man does not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The Lord told me this. Satan will always try to get you, Satan will always try and get you to prove your spiritual position with a natural manifestation. I'm going to repeat that. Satan will always try to get you to prove your spiritual position, that position that you've taken in God's word concerning your situation, concerning what you're facing, concerning the vision, whatever it may be. He'll try to get you to prove your spiritual position with a natural manifestation. Healing is a perfect example of this. There's a word that's been given. We, or you read in the word of God. I'm going to just throw out some scriptures at you because I, I want you to get this on, on healing. Healing is such a powerful thing. It is yours, watch this, by birth. You're not trying to get something as a token to God saying, hey, you know what? You've been really good lately. Nobody's watching. Here, here's a little healing. God bless you. <laughs> God bless me. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Healing is rightfully yours. And so when you get scriptures like uh, Psalms 107, verse 20, says God sent his word and he healed them. He, he, he delivered them from all their destruction. That's your word. 
He sent his word and God healed me. Isaiah 53, 5 says this. He said, he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. Uh, the chastisement of his peace was upon him. Our peace was upon him. The, uh, the, uh, by his stripes, you were healed. Past tense. Psalms, uh, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 8 says, he took your infirmities and he bore your sicknesses. He took it so you don't have to. 1 Peter 2.24 says, He himself bore in his body our sin on the tree, that you being dead to sin might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you are healed. So I gave you those scriptures for this simple fact. You take those, not just so you can memorize them and show people I I memorized a verse. (laughs) Give me a button, I'm cool. No, you take your scriptures and you meditate on them till they drop from here down into here. Why? Because I'm in the process of positioning myself in a spiritual position that knows, it's confidently knowing that what God says is true. So when someone comes to you and tries to get you to prove your spiritual position of my health with a natural manifestation saying, well, you don't look healed. You go, I don't go by what I look like. I go by what the word of God has declared to me. Therefore, I demand and I expect every cell, every organ, and every tissue of my body to line up with the word of God and to respond to what God has purchased for me through Jesus Christ. That's a position. If you talk to someone politically, what's your, what's your position on the candidate? People will let you know. Well, I'll tell you my position. I think da, 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 da. We ought to be that same confidence, that same tenacity that when the devil comes up to you and says, what are you going to do? What's your position? How much time do we got? Because if you got some time, I'll tell you my position. And all of a sudden, coming up out of you, starts streaming, the, the bubbling out of you, the river of life. Man, I'm sorry, guys. I'll stay back here. I'm excited. <clears throat> I asked for the weather, or I asked for the news, not the weather. Here we go. <clears throat> so out of you, start streaming that river of living life, that li- living water. Why? Because you've taken the word of God. You've positioned yourself into what you believe. Because here's what I want you to see. Being fully convinced and persuaded is not a place that you arrive at. It's something that you live every single day. It's every day making the decision. When you get up, even though you get up and it hurts, even though you get up and the checkbook says, even though you get up and, and, and the kids are acting crazy, you get up and you Take your position and you say, today I'm going to believe God. Because Christianity is nothing more than a daily decision to be fully persuaded that what God says is greater than what you're seeing or what the devil is trying to convince you of. Today I'll decide that I'm going to believe God. Today I'm going to decide that God's word is working in me. And that I don't need a natural manifestation to prove my position. Because if the devil can draw you into the natural, into the flesh, and trying to get you to prove what God did for you, then he, he, he'll, he'll hold you captive. Because he'll make sure that your promise is always elusively just hanging out in the future. But you hold Satan captive, just like Jesus, when you pull him into the spirit and you confess what God has said about you. You take your position. I want to say this real quick in in accomplishing what God has spoken to you, taking your position. 
Paul said in Galatians chapter 1 and verse 16 concerning the revelation of grace that God gave him. He said, this, this word that I have, I did not get it from man. It was a revelation of Jesus Christ. And he goes on to say, he says that I, uh, I did not, in, in Galatians 1.16, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood. Here's what this means. Natural-minded people will talk you out of your spiritual position and revelation. Natural-minded people will talk you out of what God has spoken to you, the revelation and position that you're taking. So Paul said, I got a revelation from God about the grace of God apart from the law. And he said, but I didn't take it and I didn't confer with flesh and blood. Why? Because he knew if I set it out there, they're going to give me 10 reasons why it won't work and why it's not going to happen. And that's really not what God's saying. And you better shh, shh, go sit down. Thank, hey, thanks for coming. God bless you. Shh, quiet. Or Robert said it this way. Three points on <clears throat> accomplishing the vision or the, or the word that God gives you. Excuse my voice. <clears throat> Number one, find the will of God. Your health, your marriage, your finances, wherever it may be, the vision that God's given you, number one, find the will of God for your situation. F.F. F. Bosworth in the book Christ the Healer says this, the word of God is the will of God. Well, you just never know what God's going to do. Yeah, I do. He told me exactly what he's going to do. And then only that, he put his spirit on the inside of me. So I, I, have, I, I, know, I know, always know what's going on. All I got to do is spend time talking with him, and he'll talk to me. And he'll tell me what's going on. So find the will of God. The word of God is the will of God. Number two, confer not with flesh and blood. Don't put what God told you on Facebook. And then let everybody get on there and go, ah, oh, brother, <laughs> I mean, easy. That's why you got to distance yourselves from the naysayers. When you're doing what God's told you to do, sometimes you got to put distance between you and those that are going to sit there and, you know, be Debbie Downers and the bad news bears and, you know, it's not going to happen, brother. I remember when we stepped out to launch Martin Ministries in <clears throat> February, we celebrated five years. I feel like I'm changing to a different person right now. It's like, you won't like me when I'm angry. Uh, <clears throat> Hello. Um, when we launched our ministry, man, it was like I knew that I knew that I knew we were supposed to do this. I had people tell me, Dustin, the traveling ministry is a dying breed. You know, and, and, and there's, there's a big change to traveling ministry right now. But I, I, nobody was putting wind in my sails, if I can say it that way. Nobody was like, wee you're going to have the best time of your life. Everybody was nice. You know, people just like, oh, what are you guys going to do? How are you going to pay your bills? And here's how you know when you have a word from God, you can't see defeat. I said, I, I, said, I know it won't come to this. We have an element, a Honda element. It's got 240,000 miles on it, still holding on. <clears throat> I said, if we have to live in the element down by the river, eating a diet of government cheese. No, I'm just kidding. If we have to, <clears throat> if we have to live in the element, I don't care. I know this is what I'm supposed to do. That's how you know you've taken your position when all the opposition and questioning about what you're doing or about your health or about your situation, you know, without a shadow of doubt, I know what God said and I cannot be deterred. That's how you know you've been fully persuaded. I wrote this down. Don't take God's word and put it up for man's approval or opinion. 
the hardest thing for me is I'm a words of affirmation guy. Five love languages, you know? So when God spoke to me, man, I just was like, whoa, God spoke to me. I know what I'm supposed to do. So I'm like, hey, this is what we're doing. And I wasn't, I wasn't greeted with the thing I thought, I, didn't, I wasn't greeted with the big jumps and surprises and, and, the, and, the, and the cheering and the woohoo, you're gonna do great. It was completely opposite of that. And that's why this is, don't take God's word concerning any area of your life and put it up for man to stamp their approval on it. Because most of the time what's happening is they're thinking naturally and you're speaking spiritually and they don't connect. So what you have to do is position yourself with other people that have either spent time praying with you, that understand the vision, that know what you're going through, that are in the same flow as you, so that when you say, I know what God's telling me, this is why it's so important to surround yourself with people that are like-minded, so that when you speak what God's saying, they don't judge it, they celebrate it, and they give God praise and say, "Woo! I can't wait to see it come to pass in your life. Number two, stand still and see the promise fulfilled. Exodus chapter 14, 13, and 14. Pastor Paul, how much time? We're like 12? Okay. <clears throat> Exodus chapter 14, 13 through 14, the Amplified Bible says this. Moses told the people, fear not. Stand still. We live in a society right now, it's just, it runs chaos. It's, we're busier than ever. I mean, my, my wife and I were talking about just to make plans with friends seems impossible. Hey, you guys want to get together, have dinner? Oh, well, we have this, and we got that. And it's like, two months later, you guys are barbecuing. It's like, goodness, girl, we need to lighten the schedule a little bit. I heard one minister say it this way, busy, the acronym for busy is being under Satan's yoke. Because what do we do? We're going around. We're just trying to get everybody to pat us on the back. How you doing, man? We're busy. When I stepped out to start this ministry, God dealt with me with that because I'd tell people. They're like, how you doing, man? You out preaching? You out getting out there, getting busy, getting it done? Oh, man, we're busy. I'm writing. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to make it sound big because when we stepped out, we weren't doing anything. <laughs> Hello. Nobody was calling us. Nobody was. I, I sat in my garage and studied and prepared and, and, and got my heart ready and did what God told me to do, had some assignments he gave me. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's like we, we, busy, just because there's noise and activity doesn't mean anything's getting done. Because the Bible talks about this, be still. He told, Moses told the children, the children of Israel, he said, he said, stand still, firm, confident, and undismayed, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians you have seen today, you shall see ne uh, never again. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace and remain at rest. When God gives you a word, what do I do with a word from God? Be still. Psalms chapter 46 and verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. A lot of times when we get, when we get a word from God, we want to try to prove it. We want to help God out. Look, God's busy. God's busy. God doesn't need our help except for us to say, God, I believe you. And when everybody else is standing around, I read a book and they said, when you step out to do something for God, there'll be three people. One, people that, that stand from a distance and see if what you said will actually come to pass. 
Then there'll be number two, though, they'd be the people that completely think you're insane and that you'll never accomplish what you're going to do. And then there'll be the people that are right there with you, linking arms, saying, come on, we're going to make it. So a lot of times, when, when, when we're standing still, it aggravates people. I worked for a pastor, and he would say, Dustin, uh, let's go to lunch. I said, yes, sir, we get in the car. And he would ask me about my department. I ran this, this ministry for him. And <clears throat> how's this? How's that? How's your attendance? You know, all these things. We'd eat lunch on the way home. Most of the time, he never said anything. Just driving. And boy, I'll tell you what, when it gets quiet, it kind of makes you like, what do I do with my hands? You know, you're just like, I, I don't... Uh, yeah, and you can always tell people they're nervous about things being quiet because you get quiet, they'll just start talking. You're like, well, what do you think about? And they just start going off, and you're like, shh. And a lot of times when we get before God, we get in there and we, and God's like, shh. Just be still for a moment. Society has glorified this. ADHD and oh I'm busy squirrel and you know we're just like oh we're just we can't pay attention (laughs) listen the devil can't defeat you but he will distract you and if he can get you distracted and get you pulled off of what God has spoken to you then he can rob you from fulfilling or that promise being fulfilled in your life stand still and see the salvation of God. What was Moses saying to the children of Israel here? Quit. They were panicking. Why? Because God had brought them out of, of, the, of, of Egypt. But now they got the Red Sea and the army. They're between a rock and a hard place. They're like, God, how are you going to get us out of this one? We should have stayed in Egypt. At least we had food. You know, they're just complaining. Just all frustrated. And, and Moses is like, hey, guys. God's got you. I want to say to you this morning. God's got you. Just be still. Don't let the devil see you sweat. He's trying to get you to panic. He's trying to get you to, how are we going to pay this? How are we going to, and he's just like, I've taken my position. I'm resting in the things of God. I'm going to stand still, and I'm going to see the word of God manifest in my life. Psalms 37, verse 5 and verse 7 says this in the Amplified Bible. Commit your way to the Lord. Roll and repose each care of your load on him. Trust, lean on, rely, and be confident also in him. Watch this. And he will bring it to pass. Whatever it is that you're believing God for, whatever it is that you said, God, you made a promise to me, just stand still and allow God to bring it to pass in your life. God, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 12 says, God says, I watch over my word to perform it. God doesn't watch over your complaint. God watches over his word. When you come to God, you don't say, oh God, I don't know what you were doing or what you were thinking, but this is just not right. It's not fair. God, that doesn't move God. What moves God is you saying, um, <clears throat> hey God, I was reading your word this morning and uh, here's what you said. So I'm just going to, I'm going to believe God. I'm going to believe you. And, and I know that you're not a man that you should lie. If you said it, you'll do it. If you spoke, you'll bring it to pass. And so I just magnify you today, God, that it looks like all hell's about to break loose, but you know what? Woo, glory to God. You're going to make it happen in my life. And I'm not going to be moved by the circumstances. These situations have no voice in the conversation. The only voice that I'm listening to is the voice of the good shepherd. And he's leading me and guiding me into all truth. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Today's going to be a good day. That's good preaching. Listen to this confession right here. 
I wrote these confessions down. I have committed myself to his word, and it is his word in me that is working. I'm telling you, you take some of these principles, and you apply them to your life, you're going to see results. I have committed myself to the word, his word, and his word in me that is working. Therefore, I will rest and trust the working of the word. Don't pull up the seed to see if it's working. Say this, or I, you confess this, I speak peace, be still, be quiet and calm to my mind and my body. I choose to stay under the shadow of the Almighty's protection and provision. The only person that can remove you from what God has spoken to you is yourself. Satan has no power or authority. He'll try to convince you. He'll try to get you to move. But the only person that can remove yourself from what God has declared to you is you. But if you make a decision that says, no, I'm going to believe God, you'll stand and see the salvation of the Lord. When we stepped out to do this ministry, God spoke this to me. He said, Dustin, speak to your anxious flesh. Peace be still. Jesus was in the boat. Disciples are going nutty. We're going to die. Jesus gets up, wipes the sleep out of his eyes, walks out there and says, peace be still. And I love what, is what God said. Peace be still. Watch the calm. We must learn to live in the heavenly joy instead of the worldly riot. There is a riot out there, but I don't live in it. I live in the heavenly joy. Number three, watch this. Fear not. I'm going to run through this quick. 1 John 4, 18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. God doesn't want you living in fear. He doesn't want you uh, tolerating it. He doesn't want you playing with it. He doesn't, well, a little fear is good. It's healthy. No, God wants it evicted from your life. If you study that verse out when it says perfect love cast out fear, it is the idea of an eviction notice. That God himself, by the power of, of the Holy Spirit, comes in, grabs the belongings of fear and everything that it holds, and it casts it out on the street and says, you don't live here. Because 1 John chapter 5 says that uh, he that is born of God, 1 John 4, 8 says that God is love. So he that is born of love, love guards him or keeps him, and the evil one touches him not. The only way that Satan can get in and control your life is if he can control you through the manipulation of fear. The same way God uses his word, producing faith in you to control and produce life in you. Don't allow fear to, to dominate in your life. Mark chapter 5, verse 36. I want to read this because it's so good. Overhearing Jesus and, and the ruler of the synagogue, Jairus, were walking back to heal his, his son. <clears throat> I'm sorry, his servant. And in Mark chapter 5, 36, in the Amplified, it says, overhearing, I love this, but ignoring what, what they said. Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be seized with alarm and struck with fear. The greatest thing that you can begin to do when the devil starts speaking to you is ignore him. All these people came running up to Jesus and the, the leader of the synagogue said, quit bothering the master. Your servant's dead. It's over. It's past due. It's not going to happen. And I love that it says Jesus ignoring them, ignoring their words of doubt and unbelief. He said, do not listen to them. Do not be seized and gripped with fear. Watch, only believe. 
What do you do with the word from God? You stay in a position of believing, knowing that God will bring it to pass, and you fear not. Last but not least, this is most important, I believe, is there is no expiration date on what God has spoken to you. I've been standing for 15 years, man. I mean, that was, whew. There's no expiration on date on what God has spoken to you. I, I hear people all the time that say, well, God said this. I ain't come to pass yet. Well, it ain't over yet, sweetheart. I, I said earlier, I, I'd rather bust open the gates of heaven saying, God, I believe in you, than to, than to bust through going, woo, I told you I was sick. Oh, yeah. Don't allow someone else's experience to become a, to become a belief for you. Well, it didn't work for them. Well, my life's not based upon them. My life's based upon the word of God. Well, they stepped out and they failed. I'm not basing what I'm doing based upon them. I'm basing my life upon the word of God. Don't allow the hands of the clock to speak louder than what God has declared to you. There is no expiration date on what God has spoken. If he said it, he's going to bring it to pass. Listen to Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 3 in the NLT. It says this. This, I just feel like this is such a, a powerful word. If it seems slow in coming. You ever had a word? Pastor got up here and preached, and you're like, that's for me. Glory to God. Some preacher came in, gave you something. Maybe you're reading your Bible one morning. God said something to you. You're like, that's for me. And then all of a sudden, the, the clock just is like, shh. And the second hand is just like echoing in your mind. And it seems as though it is slow in coming. It seems as though it's not going to come to pass. Wait patiently or with endurance. For it will surely take place. It will, watch this, it will not be delayed. In other words, the opposition that is trying to come against your word from God will not have an effect on it. When you stand your position, you remain at rest, you fear not, and you say, Father God, the hands of the clock do not determine anything to me, but your word is the guiding factor of my life. And if you said it, God, I'm going to believe you, and I'm going to stand true, and I'm going to receive everything that you have for my life. Numbers chapter 23 verse 19 says this. This is one of my, these are my favorite scriptures. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. If he said it, will he not do? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? Time tries your trust. Trust is what is exchanged for promises. Am I right? God gives you a promise. You go, okay, God, I trust you. Time will try your trust. But truth trumps the trial of time every time. If you'll keep God's word, which is truth, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you'll hold God's word, which is truth, that truth that you're standing on will be your rock, and it will trump the trial of time that says it's not going to come to pass. Be patient. Wait on it. It will surely come to pass in your life. Amen. Bow your heads with me this morning. Father, we thank you for your word. God, I thank you that you've cultivated this. God, that you brought it to a, a, a perfect place for every person in this room today. That God, as we leave here, we got ammunition to, to, to receive fullness of what you have for our lives. 
I thank you, Father God, for, for what you're doing, what you're doing in this church. God, I thank you that there is no uh, weapon that is formed against the vision of this house uh, that can prosper. But God, there is, a, there is a force of momentum that is pushing. There is a force of momentum by the Spirit of God that is causing there to be uh, uh, steps that will cause leaps and bounds to all that God has spoken and declared to this house. God, I thank you that every person that is believing you, that God, today there has been a kindling in their heart that says, God, I was beginning to be weary, but God, today's my day. July 16th was my renewal time that I said, God, I believe you. God, I will not allow time to speak louder than your voice and that, God, I'm going to see you fulfill your word in my life. God, I thank you. That is their declaration today. I thank you for your word, God. I thank you for what you're doing in the hearts of the people. If you're here today, and this is the first step of living a life that is full of victory, living a life of seeing God fulfill his word in you, is receiving his son, Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior. If you're here and you can't remember that time, you're like, I, I don't remember that moment that I said, Jesus, come, live inside of me. Uh, today, I want July 16th. 2017 to be your day that you said, I want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. If that's you today, very simple, very easy. Romans, uh, Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10 tells us, all you have to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and you will be saved. You say, that seems too simple. It's that simple. Man makes it complicated. God made it simple because he's unwilling that any should perish. All you have to do is believe. And if you're here today and you say, I, I have not done that. I don't remember my time. I want, to, I want that commitment in my heart to make Jesus my Lord. If you would, just raise your hand with me this morning. We're not going to embarrass you. I don't want you to have to come down front, but I do want to pray with you that you could receive Jesus, your Lord and Savior. Anybody in the house today, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, we worship you. We magnify you for what you've accomplished in this service today. God, I thank you for the lives have been restored. Restoration has come. We give you all the honor, the glory, and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.